Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 51. Listen, if you're driving right now, set cruise control. If you're walking or running, you better tie those shoelaces tight. And if you're doing chores, you better hold on to that broom, clear the room of the kids. I am telling you, this episode has so much in it. It is with my new friend, Natasha Hemingway. She is a sales coach and boy... Does she bring the value throughout this entire episode? She is a spitfire. She is passionate. She is funny. You are going to love this talk. Now, really quickly, let me be honest. I have had two other brilliant sales coaches on this episode, on this podcast. Jamie Klaus with episode 44 and Sarah Mae Dickinson, episodes 20 and 42. And do you know what? Those are ones that I get the most comments on. So that tells me as a podcast host that my small business listeners and myself, we're craving advice when it comes to sales so that we sound passionate and confident and kind, but at the same time, very clear that we are in the business of making money with our business. And that is the message of Natasha Hemingway. So strap yourself in. I'm telling you, it is going to be an awesome ride. Without further ado, here is my chat with the gorgeous, inside and out, passionate and intelligent, Natasha Hemingway. Natasha Hemingway, I am so happy that you are on this podcast today. I cannot wait to share you and your beautiful self with these listeners. I Fell in love with Natasha, started stalking her. My listeners know that once I, I'm kind of honest, I'm like, well, got to stalk him for a second. But I heard about you first at Jordan Gill's uh, Done in a Day. I think her website is Systems Saved Me. But mm-hmm. she did a Done in a Day event and talking about VIP days. And right. as a copywriter, I know that I can, can consider offering VIP days to some of my clients. And you were on one of the panels. And you were talking about sales, sales process, the sales process. And every time you spoke up, I was there. I was there for it. You had a fantastic energy and you really did look at sales as a process. And as I told, I shared with you before we press record, um, many of us are creatives that listen to this and that is a missing component in our business so Mm -hmm. i'm excited to share you with these fantastic listeners natasha i'll be quiet will you please introduce yourself absolutely first of all thank you for having me rachel i really appreciate it um you are right. Um, creatives like to create. You guys yeah. are amazing at what you do. You have this amazing gift, but creating is not just it. We can't stop at creating. And sales is a big missing piece um, that I see often with creatives. But I will say it's not honestly just creatives. It's most entrepreneurs. And I think it's more of this thing of like, some people just really, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I want to always shed light on the importance of number one, knowing how to sell with heart, not hustle. That's like what my whole entire coaching firm umbrella sits under is sell with heart, not hustle. Because let's be honest, most of us associate sales with hustle. And so like, I'm debunking that I'm like breaking down the walls, letting you guys know that is not what it's about. It's actually less about hustle and more about heart. But then they also really Um, my main focus is helping entrepreneurs master their authentic sales process, right? And then also number two, helping them develop a customized sales strategy within their business. And then number three, helping them develop their authentic sales voice and message. Because a lot of times with sales, people want to sound like somebody else. And I'm like, that's actually why somebody's not buying from you is because (laughs) they were attracted to you, right? They saw you on Instagram. They've been stalking you, right? They pick up your energy, your personality, and you get on a call with them and are like, who is this person? Like, mm. oh, it's somebody else that's showing up off of a script. 
it's not you. So helping you develop your authentic sales voice and message um, all by doing it from a place of heart, not hustle. And so I am Natasha Hemingway. I am a sales coach. I am a speaker. I spent 16 years in corporate sales. Um, I did the medical side of sales. So think about it, you guys. Literally, let me take you back. Selling, coming out of college with a biology degree, love for science, um, love for also people. So I knew I could not be stuck in anybody's daggum lab. That just wasn't <laughs> happen. I was not going to go to medical school. Like I thought I was, I was like, no, I'm done. And so I'm like, what's next. And so this industry married medical sales. It married both of my mm -hmm. two passions, science and people. Cause I am a people person. And so and being able to actually help people and have an impact on their lives. And it was life-changing for people, the products that I sold. And so I did that for 16 years. And um, that's kind of a little bit of just about my background. And now I've been in the entrepreneurial space, I think going on five years. I don't even know. It just goes by so fast. So I would say 21 years combined going on of sales experience. And so mostly all of it being in the corporate side, but then that was on both being a sales rep, but then also a management side. So leading teams to numbers and sales goals and um, leading different personalities and all the things. So I've done both sides and this space that I'm in right now, I absolutely love what I get to do. And I think that's why I light up so much. So if you see me on my Instagram, you hear my voice here, I'm the same way because this is my jam. Like it's my space because I really want to help entrepreneurs truly, especially women. Do I have male clients? Absolutely. Yes. But especially women, because women, we get caught up in this thing where I'm super passionate about my business. And my thing is, it's great to be passionate, but that's not enough. You cannot be passionate. You can't just be passionate. You also have to be profitable. And so to be profitable, you got to sell, right, Rachel? Uh, no, I love it. In fact, I, I just want to interrupt for a second because you yeah. just posted today. In fact, I took a screenshot of it and I'm probably going to save it to my, share it to my stories here in a few, here in a few minutes or tomorrow. But your quote today, we're recording on April the 6th, but your quote today says, it's not enough just to be present or passionate. Mm -hmm. We must be profitable. And so that's what yeah. you're talking about. You're right. We hear all the time, be present, be present for your clients, be present on social media. Yeah. And the same thing about be passionate, but you're like, we're going to be profitable too, people. <laughs> Hello. Yes. And you know what too, you know why this is like a big thing for me, especially with women, because I believe a lot of times people, when it comes to sales, they start getting in their head, feel icky or manipulative. Mm -hmm. I've heard all kinds of words. Y'all, I have heard somebody when I was speaking, I was like, tell me the word that you think about when you think about sales. And she was like predatory. I was like, oh <laughs> my dear Lord, you are about to make me do a whole work up in this 90 minute talk to flip your whole mindset, girl. But People say all kinds of things. And I really believe it starts getting where people start feeling icky about money or their old money story comes up or their lack or scarcity or fear of not being good enough or yada, 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 all the things that come in the mindset. And I believe that it, it is it is a good thing when women make money, because when women make money, we do good things. We care more than just about ourselves. And I want to see women run businesses that actually have an economic footprint and that have an influence that's in an impactful and positive way. And money is just an amplifier. When we get a hold of money, we're able to do more with it. We're able to do more good with it. We care about our community. We care about our businesses. We care about hiring good people to come in our companies and build it up and scale it. And so I want to make sure that we understand like it is our responsibility. Mm. It is our responsibility when we have these businesses to steward it well and to show up because if your business is not making money, you're not going to stay in business. That's you true. can't be impactful. And it's not good. There's no longevity to that. And so it is, it's this really big passion of mine that I believe that we hold a responsibility and that we get to do that. And, and so Trust me, I have my own journey of like mm -hmm. getting to here, right? Like, of course, that's a whole nother story, but it's, it's really important. Yeah. You right there. That was a pep talk. You people could probably stop listening right now and be fired <laughs> up enough to go do something. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, Natasha, I, I got to get off and I got to make some sales. Okay. <laughs> but cause I, that was a fantastic pep talk. And you're so right. When we make money in our business, we can do great things with that money. And so yeah. I also like the point that you made that most of us feel icky about sales because of something in our past. Mm. And yet we're letting that be brought into the present of our business. We know that our business is good. 
Our yep. business is good. We know that otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. And yet we're still letting those past issues, those past situations. So let's talk now because Natasha and I both agree in giving, we, we love the pep talks and the theoretical, but let's bring it down into some things that we can do to be better at sales. So yeah. one of my first questions to you comes from a video that you posted um, on March the 24th on your feed. And by the way, her feed is Natasha Hemingway. Um, and it's two M's in Hemingway, correct? Yes. So when I refer back to a video or two, and I will definitely put in the show notes, but you can go okay. find it on Instagram as well. But you talked about lead lane pipelines. Yeah. So because in order to make sales, you got to have people coming to you or you've got to be coming to them. Yes. So can you talk to us what you mean by lead lane pipelines? Yeah. So your lead lane pipelines, that is actually taking the time to slow down because a lot of times in sales, we think that everybody needs and wants our product. Right. And we think we just want anybody to purchase it. Right. You're like, <laughs> um, you get copywriting, you get copywriting, you get like, <laughs> slow down. Like everybody's not your customer. And this kind of goes in actually delves in with niching as well. Or you hear it, your avatar, your ICA, your ideal yep. client, whatever. But like, you really have to actually understand who you're speaking to, because if you're trying to talk to everyone, right. you will really sell very little. And so when you think about your lead pipeline, the first thing is determining who is your ideal client. And then the second thing is, where are they? Where are they spending time? Where are they hanging out? Do you know what their pain points are? Because if that is the case, it's like, you can't be, um, let's say, I, I hear this. I have to check clients on this. As I say, y'all will hear me say this. I give my clients love shoves and I give them checkups from the neck up, okay? <laughs> so y'all are gonna get the same thing on this podcast. Yes, we need those, please give them. I told you, consistency. I'm the same way here, there, and anywhere else. Okay, so the checkup from the neck up is, is that I'll have people say, oh, you know, I'm just so sick of Facebook. You know, I've been over there forever, or I just like I'm over Pinterest or whatever the thing is. Right. And it's like, but your people are there. Your audience is there. Your ideal client, that's where he or she is hanging out. But you want to be over here. Cool. Like too cool for school. And you want to be an Instagram, but you have no audience over there. And it's not even where your ideal client lives. So you spend this time on Instagram because you feel like everybody else is there. It's the new thing. You should be there. Facebook is outdated. And then you want to switch platforms. No, you need to go where your people are. So figure out what lead lane pipeline those people are in. So is that LinkedIn, Facebook, is it email marketing mm -hmm. or is it um, relationship marketing? People forget about that. Not everybody runs their business through just social media. Like you have to figure out what, where your people are who your people are, excuse me, then where they are, and then go show up effectively there. And guess what? You don't need to be everywhere because your ideal client is not everywhere. And so when you figure out where they are, you actually simplify things. And my clients literally say this. One of them said this yesterday. She, I run a mastermind. I launched it a couple of times a year. It's called Hello Clients, Hello Cash, Sales and Business Mastermind. And she literally said, if we took a drink for every time Natasha said, make the main thing the main thing, we would all be drunk. Okay, so that's how much I say this. That's how much I say this. The reason why that's important, you guys, is it also starts crossing over into how you make the main thing the main thing. Mm. So if you're showing up, being consistent, speaking to that client, your ideal client, in their lane and making the main thing, the main thing with like, what is your thing? That means what's the thing that you're selling to them? That is going to help you get closer to being consistent and selling things mm. because you're speaking to them. Also, when you're speaking to your ideal client, they should be able to shake their head. Yes, no, it is for me what she's talking about or no, it's not. When it's the no, it's not, they're probably not your client or they might follow you for another reason. You're cooking, you're whatever you might share on a personal level, but you want it so clear that that person knows that you're talking to them, that you hang out in the space that they hang out. You know when they're there, you know their pain points, which means you know what main thing you need to sell to them that provides them a solution and solves their problem. Okay. So I've got all kind of crazy notes. I can't even read my own okay. writing. Okay, Natasha, it's so good. Right. But to just clarify and to say again, the analogy of that they should be able to shake their head, yes or no. Mm -hmm. And for them to, to 
out of the gate know that this lady or this man is talking to me. This is exactly what I need. That's a fantastic goal for all of us to have wherever mm. we're showing up. I yeah. also appreciate you saying out loud, clear as day, we don't have to be everywhere. That has really been on my heart a lot over the last year. I, I mm. just, as a mom, as a businesswoman, as a wife, as a daughter, a friend, there's no way I can be everywhere on social media. And of course, I know, you know, the new thing is clubhouse and everybody's like, are you going to be there? And yeah, there may be some validity there, but at the same time, I think you're right. It goes back to who's your ideal client yeah. and where are they hanging out? Where are they hanging out? You, you have yeah. to always go back to that because otherwise then we start getting off course, doing all these tasks and not actually selling. Because yes. that's what happens is you're showing up everywhere and your ideal client's not even there. And it doesn't mean that you can't develop a new platform or develop a new space, bring people into that. But that's if you have time and you are already effectively and efficiently being profitable. You don't start opening up other channels until that channel that you're in is actually yielding results and sales and allowing you to convert. Then you get to go play. It's like I had to release that burden for a client the other week. It was probably two weeks ago. It was one of my one-on-one uh, -on -one clients. And I, she was getting so overwhelmed with like content and stressing. And I'm actually coming out with an e-course called Get the Sell on Instagram. And I had to literally release her. I'm like, listen, later on, I'll get you down the road and I'll be able to teach you that. But for right now, I need you to release this. You don't have to be on Instagram to build your business, believe it or not. And the mm -hmm. minute I released her from that, it was like, whoo. And it started to come with ease because her people are there, but it's like, oh, I actually can do, a, do it a different way. So we started developing a sales strategy on what does it look like to generate leads and convert clients off of social media platforms? Mm. What does that look like? And then she came back and she was like, that was a complete mind shift and pivot for her that started changing her business because no longer was she getting stuck in the rut of like, what am I going to post? Oh my gosh, I didn't get, it didn't do this. It didn't perform, blah, blah, blah. And all of this mind junk and it just released her. We cut the ties and then she started really activating and showing up in the lane that actually really is in alignment with her, mm -hmm. which is real relationship marketing and basically strategic partnerships. Yes. And then she's like, oh, I just finished two clients. We just had our call yesterday. I just finished up two clients and I have three new onboarding and two possible. Like wow. that's called being in your lane. Like she was able to release and let go that that's not really my primary lane, nor do I want to show up there. Right. Wow. No, that, that's what is so powerful right there. I'm so glad you said that because I, I do think that as entrepreneurs, we feel such pressure to be on every single social media platform. And yet there's a lot of us that we we're getting that icky feeling about, well, but this, this right here, I don't enjoy. And so, like you said, whether you're, whether your possible ideal clients are there or not, if you don't enjoy it and you can't relate to it, then you're not going to show up consistently. No. And, or you won't be authentic when yes. you show up that it actually allows you to show up from a place of heart, not hustle and connect with your people. Yes. Agreed. Like, that is so spot on. I'm like, if it's not in alignment, don't do it. Do yeah. not do it. So figure out who your client is, find out where they are, because it, usually they're in one to two places. Yes. And then find out what lane is most in alignment to you, mm -hmm. where you can authentically and consistently show up because then there, that's when the results are going to happen. Your content will flow from an easier place. It's going to feel more like fun, less of a job. And especially if you're an entrepreneur where you can't really hire out for that yet, yet. Mm -hmm. you know, where you're crossing multiple platforms, give yourself like goals and gates that you have to kind of pass through before you start jumping everywhere else. And you're right. It is so much of the pressure mm -hmm. of being in all these places. And I also talk about sales. It's like, you have to think about sales like this too. It's like you have glass balls and rubber balls in your business. Mm -hmm. Rubber balls, marketing, branding, photo shoot, social media, da 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 da, cash out card, you know, all that. Glass ball sales. Your business cannot, cannot survive or thrive without you focusing on sales. Oh, the story. Other balls, you can drop. You can let them go. Let them go. Mm -hmm. But this over here, sales, it must. You must pay attention to it so that you can drive business. And, yeah. and it comes back to be being honest, profitable. 
Yes. I mean, to be honest, we really don't need that much. Like one of my clients is like, she's like, I don't have a social media. I was like, listen, do you have a contract? Do you have a way for people to pay you? Do you have a voice? Do you have a voice? We're going to get that message tight. And then you're getting ready to go sell. And, and, and that's what she did. Convert period. Oh, I love it. Look, that's, that's, you released me right here. Just in this conversation, you've released me. And I guarantee there's other people who are listening. Like, yes, I feel, I I do feel released. And, um, and and that's the thing you sales coaches. And that's why I wanted to have you on here because I, I, I've had two other sales, fantastic sales coaches, Jamie Klaus and Sarah Mae Dickinson on here. And you sales coaches just blow me away every single time because you remind us that ultimately we spend so much time on marketing, but if we are getting the people to the gate and we're not actually making the sales, then what is the point in all of it? I said that to my mastermind. I have them in an IGDM chat so they can Mm -hmm. connect. They can access to me. Mm -hmm. And I said to them, I was like, listen, you know, do not get caught up worried about all the posting and da 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 if you are not going to end it by telling people where to go and what to do. <laughs> if, listen, if you're not telling them, go to the link in my bio, you need to schedule a strategy call. If this spoke to you, and obviously in your own voice, right? right. Mm-hmm. But if we're not taking them somewhere, you are putting out all this content, all this marketing to fall dead on what? Mm. You've not told them to go anywhere and what to do as to how they can get closer to you and buy from you. Mm. Like that is so missed. It's such a huge missed opportunity. And it's because we overcomplicate things. Sales actually is very, very simple. I always say it falls in like two buckets. You've got the mindset and you've got the strategy, right? Mm. Mindset, three pillars to sell success, communication, energy, and a sales process. Communication and energy fall in the mindset bucket. Sales process, that's over in the strategy bucket. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be somewhat focusing. No, you're not going to be at 100% on all three cylinders. Like it's all good. But you need to be having your hand focused on those things. How are you showing up? How are you communicating? What is the energy that you're bringing? Your authenticity that you're bringing? And then what's your strategy to go about getting it done? What's your process? There, there's so much to unpack right there. And I'm going to come back to it because I want to talk about the process here in a second. I want to go back. You sure. said something a few minutes ago about, you know, staying in your lane and recognizing where your clients are just really, really briefly. You don't have to go into a ton of detail, but what, what do you tell clients when they've been consistent? What are some metrics or a litmus test that you would say, okay, this maybe isn't where your clients are. Do you have some parameters that you share with people for them to really know um, maybe I am at the wrong social platform or maybe it's not socially how I need to be selling. Maybe I do need to be relationship building or yeah. Any parameters? Yeah. For me, this is something I think is missed big time is we create products, launch things, and we do not ask our audience. I think it's actually take a step back and go do some market research. Okay. Find eight to 10 people. You don't even have to know them, mm-hmm. but they've been following you. And if they engage with your content, some point, ask them for a market research call and do the market research and ask them the questions you want to know. They're your ideal clients. They're your people, right? So if you're asking them, they're going to tell you where they are. Got it. They're going to tell you where they spend most time. They're going to tell you how they want to be engaged with, but it's so, we're so quick to just build stuff and get it out. Like, oh, I'm going to create this course. It's like I said to one client, do you have an audience? She came to me and she's like, I, I've, I'm creating this course. And I'm like, do you have an audience to sell it to? She's like, no. I was like, okay, so we maybe need to rethink that because you <laughs> spend all this energy creating a course, doing all this stuff. And you're going to shoot yourself in the foot because you're putting it out and you don't have an audience. Then you start beating yourself up and you think the course is not good. And that has nothing to do with it. You launch something too prematurely and you don't even have an audience or your audience is not even ready for it yet. Mm. They've not even been with you long enough. They don't know your message. They like, it's, it's so much that goes into it. And a lot of it is just slow down, take a step back, figure out what your main thing is, where your people are, what they need, why they need it. And then you get to tell them how you can help them. Mm. That right there. Once again, when you talked about market research and making the calls as a copywriter, I tell clients that all the time. In fact, that is a service I offer for my done for you clients is that I make the calls because We do spend so much time as business owners thinking about our service and products 
from the business perspective, not from the client and customer's perspective. And yeah. some of the things that we get hung up on, they don't give a flip about. And when you get on those calls, you're like, this is what they really care about. And then the copy has to show that the messaging has to show that. Yeah. So yes, market research. And I tell people all the time, I was like, that's the cheapest thing you can do. It's a couple of emails. It's a phone call and you're done. Yep. You're done. And you but have a ton many, of great stuff. But do you know how many people, how many people avoid that? Even when you tell them to go there, they're like, I don't want to go do it. I'm like, honey, that is gold sitting over there because that's the same person that you get to turn around and sell. Mm-hmm. Hello. When they tell you what they need and then you go back and create it, guess what? You get to go back and sell it directly to them because Uh, they're your ideal client, told you what you wanted, you created it and now go sell it to them. I love it. I I totally agree with you. But but you and I, I'm sure that listeners can tell this, you and I do love talking to people. And so I do Mm -hmm. understand that sometimes people have that pushback. They're like, no, you don't understand, Rachel. I don't want to do a Zoom call or a phone call. But I am like, y'all said, ultimately- do you want to sell this product or service? And if you do, we got to start talking to some people. So, you know, right. but, but you and I, that we're, we're down for that. So. Yes. <laughs> That's our kind yes. of fun, you know? <laughs> yes. I um, tell people, I'm like, get uncomfortable quick. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. You mentioned a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about the getting, get, telling people in your social posts or wherever you're talking about, we, we keep saying social, it doesn't matter. What Natasha is saying is that in your messaging, in any content, we've got to give people a way to interact with you. You yes. also talked about in that, in your March of 20, 24th video on Instagram about follow-up. That is yeah. something that happens a lot. So we finally get somebody to engage with us. They DM us, they send us an email, whatever. Can you talk to us about a process or a system for follow-up? That is something that without organization, you can lose some really important Um, leads. Listen, (laughs) I say this and we say it in sales and corporate all the time. The fortune is in the follow-up. Like that that is the fortune is in the follow-up. And it, if you do not follow up, you are leaving money on the table. And so I tell my clients or anytime I speak, I'm like, I want you to think of a follow-up as this. Follow-up equals customer service. It Mm -hmm. is your job. It is your job to deliver the best customer experience and customer service for your ideal clients, potential leads, clients, customers, all that. The reason why it's also important too is that it is important to follow up because you get to, and once someone has engaged with you, they've gotten on a strategy call, a discovery call, whatever you want to call it. It's basically a sales call. Mm-hmm. When they've gotten on that call with you, they have expressed, if you've led the call right, mm-hmm. which is what I teach my clients how to do, actually how to lead a sales call, convert and close um, on the call. But if you've led it right and you've asked the right questions, then you've gotten some really value, valuable information. And so follow-up also is about holding them accountable for the growth or the intention they said they desire. Mm. And understanding that a lot of times when people don't move forward, there's usually something they're holding them up. And it's usually something they're creating in their mind. It might be an assumption. It might be fear. It might be, oh my gosh, if I do this, will I get my return investment on it? Or am I good enough? Am I going to be successful? All these things that come up. And so it is our job to hold people accountable to that growth and intention and to help them move forward, whatever's blocking them from saying yes. Because I tell people flat out on a strategy call, I tell people you got on this call because you're ready, right? So it's my job at that point in my mind to hold them accountable, help them through the barriers, help call them up into what they need. Um, that's and and if and obviously out of integrity, if I have a solution to that right, problem. Right then I'm there to help them. And so see that as customer service because they've already engaged. They've already said, yes, I'm interested, especially if they've gotten on a strategy call. I mean, they're saying they're interested. And so it's our job to take it further and to hold them accountable. And I, my, my rule with follow-up is just quite simple is people always say, well, how much should I follow up Natasha? Mm-hmm. And da, 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 da. Um, And I'm like, until you get a yes or no. Like (laughs) follow up is that easy. Like you follow up until you get a yes or no. Cause what you don't get to do is make assumptions why they're not reaching back out or why they've ghosted you or 
you don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what's happened. So you don't get to sit back in your mind and be like, oh, they're probably following up because it wasn't, they don't feel like I'm good enough. They don't feel like I'm this person. I mean, they might've lost their dog. I mean, like, let's be real. Anything could have come up. People are busy, overwhelmed, consumed, distracted, distracted. Okay. How many times have you opened up a text, started responding and never sent it? Yes. Every day. <laughs> every day and done it with an email, right? Yeah. So, like, let's be real. Like people have other things going on. It's just that when we're selling something, we feel like it's the most important thing. And then mm -hmm. it's a priority and it's not for them. So it's your job to make it a priority for them. And you yes. don't. Assume. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great thought right there because you're right. When, when it's our product, it's so near and dear to our hearts. We mm -hmm. assume that it's that near and dear to everybody else. So why would they not you know, why would they not follow up? And in fact, I've learned that and I've, I've had to add a process, a step in my own done for you services, because as a copywriter, I get that copy back to them. I'm like, I know they're going to read it right now. And we're about to have, you know, they're going to come back with a couple of revisions that I need to make. And I'm just sitting on go. And do you know what, Natasha, I've had to figure out, I've added a step in the process that I work with clients because They've hired it out. They assume it's pretty good copy. They they know me. They like me. And so, you know what? I've had to add the process, the step in that we are going to look at it together and, oh. and revise. Because, but it, but the point is, because it's my product and it's the service that I offer, I assume that it's at the top of everybody else's to-do list. When yes. it's not, it moved way down at the bottom of their to-do list because they hired somebody to do it. And that's an example of a service being provided, but that's the same mindset that we all get when we're selling, when we're in the middle of a sales process too. Yep. So good Absolutely. reminder there. <laughs> Absolutely. The fortune good is in the follow-up. Always the fortune is in the follow-up. Well, I'm telling you, I've had people say, um, when I speak, I give this, this example, like I literally screenshot the email that I sent back to this person where she was all hype on the call. And she's like, yes, yes, yes. I need this. Da, 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 da. And then she comes back to me with this lame email. I send contract payment plan, everything like we're done. Mm -hmm. And she comes back to me with this lame email, like, oh, I've decided to not move forward. I'm like, huh? I mean, you thought I was going to stop on that. Yeah. I sent her about three paragraphs and nicely called her back up and reminding her why she said she needed what I needed and what the repercussions are if you wait, right? And I, but also sympathizing. I understand what happens when we say, oh, I'm ready for something, blah, blah. You know, I, I basically marked it out. But if I would have never went back and I would have never pushed back and called her up into what she said she needed and reminded her of her pain points and that this was the solution and now is the time, she would have never said yes. Mm. Right. Mm. And also yeah. too, it's a great opportunity that even once you, let's take it a step further, let's say you do the follow-up, you do a good job, you get a no, you should always be asking why. Yeah. Because that's great market research. Yes. Why are they saying no? Dig deeper, ask the right questions. I tell you, anytime you, I say to this, my clients, anytime you ask the right questions, when you're a good active listener, because people think sales is a lot of talking. It's actually not. Mm. It's actually a lot of you leading conversation by asking the right questions. But if you ask the right questions, you'll get an answer to anything and everything you want to know mm. to help you close the deal. Okay. And you're right about recognizing the objections, even if there's a no. How powerful is that to know later on in your future sales calls and your future follow-ups, you are just informing yourself and yep. you're going to be so much better for it. Even though we, none of us like to hear the nose. None of I us know. like to hear the nose. Let me ask you this. You yeah. mentioned um, heart, your heart over, I'm sorry, your heart, heart not, hustle. not hustle. Thank you. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. I know that that is your, that is something that's very important to you. Talk to us. What does that mean to sell heart with heart and not hustle? Yeah, it's to the point it's trademarked. It's on stickers. It's a real thing. Like, <laughs> sell with heart and hustle is not a joke. It's a thing. And it's not like, oh my gosh, I just love what I do. A heart, no, but like selling with heart, not hustle is like, first of all, let's just recognize that nobody likes being hustled. But unfortunately, because people have been taught old faulty sales tactics um, or they fall into Googling scripts and all these things, 
what you end up doing is you end up hustling people and it's out of alignment. It's not even you and it's not even how you would normally show up. I tell my clients and I say this on anytime I speak, I make people lean into the screen and I'm like, come here, let me tell you something. One of the big things that you can do first out the gate with sales is stop being weird. Okay. Stop being weird. <laughs> Like stop being weird. Hustle mentality is weird. How icky and weird do you feel when somebody is coming on to you like that? It, it's just, you feel it and you're like, oh, you're uncomfortable. And you're like even uncomfortable for them. It's like, what is going on here? <laughs> right. And so selling with heart, not hustle really is about really putting the heart of your business and what you do and how you serve, bring value, influence and impact people. That's what you lead with with the whole focus and goal of helping the person that's in front of you. It's not about your bank account. It's not about the lack of money you have. It's not about if they're going to say yes or no. It's not about you trying to talk so much that you're trying to convince them to say yes and prove how great you are. But it's actually about you taking a step back and putting all of that mess to the back, all of that hustle, energy, scarcity, all that to the back and be like, I'm focused on this person. I am focused on bringing the best service actually bringing the best solution to this person because I actually care about them and actually care about the heart of their business or whatever they need. That is my priority. And guess what? That's what people want. Everybody in this world, let's be honest, when we're reaching out for help, we're selfish. We need you to focus on us. It's <laughs> yes. about me. It's about me. That's why I tell people in sales calls, stop talking so much. They should be talking 90 to 95% of the time, you five to 10, because guess what? They don't care about you. They want to talk about their problems, what's going on. And so the way that you reciprocate that is you receive that and you actually show up from a place of heart, not hustle. Because if you're hustling them and you're worried about that, I've got to get them to say, yes, how am I going to close them? Oh my gosh, I got to talk about the pricing. You are all about you. You are all about you. And that is all about hustle energy. And I, I guarantee you, listen to this. People can see it and smell it a mile away. I call it commission breath. You start breathing. <laughs> you are so, I love it. I'm Write that one down, commission breath. I'm <laughs> telling you, you start blowing commission breath on there. You're hustling them. And instead of really pulling them in, you're actually repelling them. You're pushing them away mm -hmm. and they're not interested and they will walk away not buying from you versus when you sell with heart, you're showing up for them. And bringing value, a solution, and a um, you know problem. You're being a problem solver for them by what you provide. You you are, and it comes with such ease because you're actually showing up as your authentic self. You care about what you do. That's why you built your business. So you That's speak true. from that place. You speak That's from true. that. Let me ask you. First of all, you're so motivational and funny at the same time. I, I'm, I'm writing as fast as I can over here. Some of the things in the commission breath, like I literally laugh out loud, but at the same time I'm fired up and like looking for a sales call to make here in just a second. Let, let me ask you this. We've already said that some people aren't confident in phone calls or from, I'll be honest, I love talking to people, but I struggle with sales. And that's why I was excited to talk to you. Yep. What would you suggest for them to do? Is it, we want them to be authentic. I totally agree with you in that. Leave your commission breath at home. But yeah. would you suggest a series of questions um, that they may, what are some stepping stones? I guess that's the question I'm trying to ask. What are some stepping stones yeah. that you can get people to not be so weird in yeah. those calls? I think that it takes, number one, you need to be prepared. When you're more prepared, a lot of times that struggle is because I don't feel prepared. I don't feel I agree. And so I explained to my clients this. Clarity breeds momentum, momentum breeds success. And in between all those three things is consistency. And the underlying belt of that is confidence. That's the foundation that it's built on. And so think about it. If you're not clear, you can't get a momentum. And a lot of times that's why I'm really focused on to not just the sales process and the sales strategy, but actually helping you develop your sales voice and message. So I have people literally role play and talk and, and we talk about what does that sound like? Your languaging, your conversation, because when you're not clear, it's hard for you to show up. It's like a test, right? You can be nervous about a test, but when you're fully prepared, it's just the nervous jitters, right? It's like, right. oh my gosh, but you feel prepared. You know that, like, you know mm -hmm. my notes, I'm ready. I'm just a little nervous, right? Yep. Versus when you know you have not studied, you are not prepared. You already know you're about to fail it because you've not done the work. So people need to take a step back. And that's why I tell people, you sales is not a personality trait. 
Hear me when I say this, sales is not a personality trait. It's not like, oh, Natasha, she's just good at sales. I hear people say this so much. I'm just not good at sales. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just have not focused on this skill set. It's like a muscle. It has to be worked, has to be improved upon. And so sales is a skill set. You have to put time, attention, and focus on it. You have to develop your process. And so when I speak, I give people, which y'all can have it. If you go to NatashaHemingway.com backslash sales success punch list, I think. Okay. And we can put it in the show notes too. Even if you get it wrong right here, we can put it. There you go. But it is giving you what things do you need to have to be prepared when you get on that call? Mm. What are the things that you need to like, literally you got a checklist and you're like, okay, I've got this, 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 this is NatashaHemingway.com backslash success punch list. Okay. Got it. Yep. We'll we'll definitely get that in the show notes too. That's what I was looking for exactly is that I agree with you, the preparation and your suggestion about practicing and role-playing that is so powerful period with anything, your elevator pitch. I know because you're a speaker, I guarantee you that you get in front of the mirror and practice the things that you're going to say. You probably have you know, friends or your, or your husband to sit down and listen to what it is that you're going to say. And the same thing can happen for for sales calls as well is to yeah. ask your close people, your close friends to, to listen and, and just pretend to be truly an interested client yeah. customer. Well, first I would say, get a sales coach, not saying it has to be me. Stop mm-hmm. going to your friends because most people don't <laughs> like sales. Like for real, let's be, most people don't like sales. They don't like doing it. It is like the majority And so usually that person is not even, and also there's all these valuable tips and information around sales psychology too. And so you got to realize I worked in corporate sales and medical sales. They run data and evaluate everything, the clients, the customers, us, we get tested. And listen, here's the thing, y'all. Do you understand in corporate sales, you role play all the time. That's why I could come out of college and speak to some 40, 50 year old physician who's went to medical school and I'm selling them on a medical product. Okay. <laughs> like you can't do that unless you know your stuff forward and backwards. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you, there, there has to be preparation. Mm-hmm. Do you know your product? Are you prepared? Have you um, gotten a pre-call form? Are you walking into the call prepared? What do you need before you even get into the call? All that stuff is important. And a sales coach is going to a good sales coach If they focus on this area, let me say that specific because different sales coaches focus on different things. Um, See, some people are just focused on social selling only, right? I'm more like uh -uh, raw bones, uh, (laughs) like, like, and it doesn't matter if you're selling a product or service, like Mm -hmm. we'll go there. Um, But it's knowing and making sure that you have those things in place and that you are prepared so that you walk in confident. It's okay Mm -hmm. to be nervous, but at least be confident and it definitely be clear so that your odds are in your favor. Mm. Yes, I I so appreciate that part. And that's that's like with anything in life, whether you want to play basketball, whether you want to be a great runner, whether you want to be a great cook. And yet you're right. Well, we do three whole sales calls and they flop and we're shocked. And we say things like, I'm bad at sales. What? I mean, if you shot the basketball only three times, are you going to be great at basketball? No. There you go. That right there. That, I mean, Rachel, you hit the nail on the head and it is one of the biggest misses for people. I always say this, people build businesses and they think about everything but sales. They Mm -hmm. think about the marketing, the logo, the website, the cash out card, the copy, the contracts, everything, branding, photo. How are we going to launch it? What's the aesthetics? What's our, what's our filters? What's the theme of our feet? All the things but sales. And then what happens is you launch it. And I I say it like this. It's like opening up the big door and you're like, you flip the sign and you're like, we're open for business. You cut the (laughs) ribbon and you're like, we're so excited. And whether it's your virtual ribbon or your storefront Mm -hmm. ribbon and you're like, oh gosh, we're not making any money. Nobody's buying anything. Oh my God. And then what people start doing is they start saying, oh, well, maybe it's our pricing. Maybe it's the branding. Maybe yes. we should discount it. Maybe it's, maybe we should lower the price. Maybe no. And then they get to a, a, a real dead end where they're like, oh, 
we, we don't know how to sell it. Like, oh, that actually points <laughs> back to sales. And I really do believe it's just because people don't know what they don't know. They yeah. really, really don't because the industry is so full of like marketing mm-hmm. and a lot of marketing noise. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people focus. And, and I'm talking about people who've had sales experience, whether you've managed or you've been in sales and you've learned and you went through trainings and sales assessments and all this stuff, like really have the, the, the background not like, oh, I taught myself, but like, you know, the background, there's mm-hmm. really not a lot of us out here. Like I got a girl that was from the UK who found me just by Googling and found me. And she was like, you are the only woman that popped up that actually had sales experience. And so there's not a lot of us out there. And so I don't really blame it on people. I believe that it's people, they don't know what they don't know. And so usually they're coming to me and they're like, we ain't making a lot of money. I've got to fix this or I'm going to lose my business or it's really gotten better. And I think it's just part of consistency and mm-hmm. my messaging and speaking and podcasts is where people will come to me and they're like, okay, we don't have a sales process. We're wanting to hire somebody to start taking over sales, but we don't even have a process. Or somebody else was like, oh, I want you to train my team. They're like, my team, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm doing all the selling and my team is really not selling. They're not good at it and it falls on me. And then I literally was like, okay, do you have a sales process in your business? It's kind of rinse and repeat that they can follow. And they're like, ooh, nope. So maybe you need to start coaching me first, then we moved our team. And so it's just this thing of, it's a lack of awareness. And that's why I'm like fighting so hard because I also get the amazing clients who come and they're like, all right, I'm just starting out and I want to do it right. And they're like, am I ready for you? And I'm like, honey, yes, you're the best person because you're going to lay the foundation from the beginning. Right. So Mm -hmm. But either way, I welcome them all. Doesn't yeah, matter. The, the awareness thing is so true. And in fact, I that's why I've had, you are my third sales sales coach I've had on here because I agree with you. I didn't know what I didn't know. And all three of you women have blown me out of the water with your knowledge and with your background. And like you said, real background in sales and understanding what it means to sell something. And it is a missing piece. There's so much... I don't want to say the word fluff because it's not fluff. There is so much great information out there about marketing and nobody is wanting to talk about the raw bones, like you said, of Mm -hmm. sales. And yet there's so many of us out here going, I'm starting to realize that's the problem though. And so I appreciate you. Please keep your message consistent and stay out there talking because we are listening. We are listening. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I leaned in so hard on you on that conversation with done in a day. Um, I know we're coming to a close. Let me, let me ask you something really quickly. We've talked about a lot of stuff, Natasha, on this, Mm -hmm. on, on this chat, which has been so much fun. What's one thing that you would tell an entrepreneur they realize they do not have a sales process based off of this conversation or maybe based off of the, their profitability? They realize I have no sales process. What is the first thing you would tell them to do? The first thing that I would say is start making the main thing the main thing first. Okay. Is like identify what the heck you're selling. Like we're too busy trying to throw spaghetti up against the wall. Oh, let me sell this. That didn't work. Let me lower the price. Let me reiterate it. Let me create another program. Maybe I should create this e-course. Maybe that'll sell better. And I'll just put it at, you know, $10 and people will buy it. And then I'll make more money. Or maybe I should do this. It's like, no, determine what your main thing is. And then start getting consistent about it. And then I hate to say it, but it's just the truth. Actually, the first thing would be get a sales coach because you don't know what you don't know. And you can't Google it. And so I'm going to be honest. I put it in reverse, get you a sales coach, not saying it has to be me, but go get the help. Stop spinning your wheels. It's like one of my friends says, take the e-brake off. Stop trying to speed 90 miles per hour to get to a destination. And you got your emergency brake on. Mm. Take the e-brake off. Give yourself a break and take the emergency brake off and invest into what you need to do to actually grow your business. None of us are absent from having to invest and sacrifice to be able to get the results and the outcome and the growth that we say we desire, none of us. And so we all have to do it. I'm doing, I just got off a call with my team and I'm like, we're doing some major investing, some major leveling up, but it is what's necessary for us to get there. So first get the help, someone that you are in alignment with that you can trust and you feel like that their tactics and what they're gonna teach you is going to make sense for you. And then, Quickly, 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 something that you can do on your own is that determining what your main thing is and then start making it the main thing. 
like make the main thing, the main thing so that those people who you're speaking to, who your ideal clients and customers will actually know you for that one thing, which they will actually then buy you for that one thing. And they'll actually tell people about mm-hmm. you about that one thing. But if you're talking to them about 15 million things, they don't even know what you're about. They're confused. And one of the six reasons people don't buy is because they're confused and unclear. And so if you're putting out too many things and you're selling too many things, and you're confusing people and you're overwhelming, they're not going to buy and nobody's going to buy you for 15 things. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> right? No, no, no one's going to buy. I, I totally agree with you. Period. Girl, Natasha, I cannot tell you how refreshing and fun this conversation was. You Thank taught you. why you made us laugh and you motivated. So I, the only thing we didn't do is we didn't cry. And I, I guess I appreciate well, that. I'm sure if you and I stayed on long enough, girl, we, we could get listen, us a story together and we'd both be to Listen, yeah. usually when I go into my story and like how I got here, that one is. But I just believe in being transparent and authentic and always um, sharing what that journey is just because I don't ever want anybody to look at me or my Instagram, or my website and not be able to relate. Like, listen, as entrepreneurs, we're all working to be better and we all have our stories and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes consistency, time, and effort. And that's been part of my journey. And so um, when I tell my story, I do spend time going there because it needs to be said. And it's important so that people, we don't do this thing of comparison mm-hmm. and assuming. And I tell people, listen, don't look at my Instagram and be like, I woke up like this. No, <laughs> she, she didn't wake up like this. She has been through, okay? Mm-hmm. She has a journey and I've worked hard to get here. And I never, ever take that for granted. I don't take it for granted one minute, whether it's people engaged with my content or getting my DMs or my mastermind clients or my one-on-one clients. Like I'm here to serve and bring impact and pour into no matter whose platform or whose podcast or how many people they have or not. I don't care about that. Like I'm here because I know my purpose and I know my calling and this is my calling and it's my gifting and it's my, it's, it's how I impact. And so I always try to steward that with responsibility um, and from a place of integrity. So. Well, you have today. I just cannot speak highly enough. I, I, I really have enjoyed this conversation. It has been eye opening, so much fun. So, um, so many great tips in it too. Let me, before I wrap up, I would definitely want you to tell everybody where they can uh, come into contact with you. So tell them where are some best places to find you. Okay. You can find me hanging out, chilling, (laughs) or like I said today, thank you for coming to my TED talk. Cause listen, I, I basically coach in my stories every day. I'm like, you coming in here, you getting some tips. You're going to do something today. Cause you're just not going to sit here and look at what I'm doing in my life or uh, what's I'm eating for lunch. No, let's get to business. Let's talk. <laughs> so, um, Instagram is my jam. Um, that is Natasha Hemingway with two M's my website, Natasha Hemingway, two M's.com, um, clubhouse. I am there. I have a club called sell with heart, not hustle. My handle over there is Natasha Heming with a W because my name is so extra. I couldn't get my full name, Rachel. So it's like Natasha Heming W. Okay. okay. With two M's, <laughs> but and I'm on YouTube. I'm in all those places, but mostly I'm spending and hanging out that most of the time in Instagram clubhouse. I tell people do not DM me on Facebook. Okay. I post over there, but, but I'm not, not hanging there. No, don't PM me. Excuse me. I think it's called come over to Instagram. Let's talk. No, I, I, I understand it. They, they've made it so easy now. And I'm the same way. I I'm mostly Instagram, but you're right. It just gets so like <laughs> someone's private message me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. Don't, yeah, I may not see it for a while. So don't, don't. do not listen. I am cheering for you and I appreciate everything that you're doing, that you're teaching entrepreneurs how to sell and be profitable while being passionate and present. But thank you so much. You're welcome, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for doing what you do. I always say this, you know, as podcasts, you guys work so hard to bring great content. And I know it's not easy, but thank you for doing what you do because you put this message out that reaches thousands of people. And so that right there is impactful and it's touching people. So thank you for doing this and allowing us to have a voice to actually impact more people, right? We do it together. Yeah. Thank you, Natasha. That, that right there. Now we're going to cry. Now I'm about to cry. Okay. (laughs) 
It's true. It's true. The work and the time and the effort, there's people out there listening. You're, you never know who you're impacting. And so by you showing up, people get impacted. And so keep doing what you're doing because it gives us a voice as well. It's me, Rachel. I am back to sum up this episode, but whoo, I told you the beginning. It was a doozy. Natasha just dropped all kinds of bombs throughout our chat. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did talking with her. But before I sum this up, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my own course, Creating an Ideal Customer Story. It's exactly what Natasha talked about, that you have to know who it is that you serve, who it is that loves to give you money for the service and product that you offer. Now, if you are not clear on that, and that is the first step in great copywriting and being fantastic at sales, you name it then you need to do so. You can head to my site at inspiretoengage.com forward slash online courses. And what that course will help you do is to get clear about who it is that you serve and then write a short biography. And I don't mean two or three chapters. I mean two or three paragraphs. But to write a biography about that ideal client. And then the reason that is helpful is because you can visualize who it is that you are speaking to and writing to. It helps you to prep for those sales calls. It helps you to write clear, confident copy on your website, your product pages. It's important because how many of us have sat down to write and we're just completely blank and we write really bland stuff. Natasha warned us about trying to sell to everybody, we end up selling to no one. So head to my site, inspiretoengage.com forward slash online courses. It's a whole 20 bucks and a whole three hours. So you get a lot for a little money and a little time. Also, I should mention, if you are very clear on who it is that you serve, then you might want my done for you services, meaning Rachel, I am overriding this copy. I want your help. You can find that as well on my site, inspiretoengage.com forward slash services. Okay, now let's talk about this episode with Natasha Hemingway. I could say a lot of stuff, but I'm gonna keep it down to three. Here we go. Number one, I have to repeat this mindset that she began the episode with. It's not enough to be present and passionate. We also have to be profitable. I needed to hear that again, and you probably needed to hear that as well. And that's what a great sales coach helps you to remember in it. And he or she helps you to set up systems so that you can be present and passionate but also profitable. So that needed repeating. Okay, takeaway number two. She uses the term lead line pipeline. And that is her term for number one, knowing who it is that you serve. And number two, determining where that person is at. I laughed when she mentioned the fact that her clients will say things like, I'm so over Facebook. And she's like, yeah, but that's where your customers are at. And we do. We jump ship so fast because we as business owners get bored or we're frustrated with changes that that platform made. But we have to remind ourselves, it goes back to number one, that we're in the business of being profitable. So we need to be as far as social media or as far as networking in person or virtually, we need to be where our ideal customers are. And I like that she mentioned the shake the shake your head analogy. That really caused me to stop for a second when she said that. When we're writing on our website or we're speaking at an event, or we're writing on social media, our ideal client should be able to shake their head, yes, up and down, yes, I need that product or service, or that person is perfect for me. It doesn't mean they are ready to buy, but that's how clear our messaging should be, that they should be able to shake their head, yes, or shake their head, no, and that's okay. That means that they probably aren't going to be a buying customer or being buy from us, but at least we know and they know. What we want 
are a bunch of people reading our things, shaking their head. Yes, we don't want confused, confused looks. That analogy was really good for me as a writer. Thinking about the clients that I write for, can their customers shake their head? Yes, this is exactly what I want or need. Okay, and takeaway number three, the fortune is in the follow-up. Let me say that one more time. The fortune is in the follow-up. That's where a lot of us go wrong. We spend a lot of time on the marketing, the front end of what it is that we're doing our business, getting people's attention. And then when we have their attention, we don't follow up. Shame on us. And of course, she was speaking to service-based businesses when she was talking about sales calls per se. Well, I should take that back because I do have clients that have wholesale wholesale accounts. They make their retail, but they also have wholesale accounts. And so they definitely do sales calls in those situations as well. But we can't leave that relationship left open. It is our job as the business owner to follow up, as she called it, is a part of customer service. So one thing I wanted to add is that we can help ourselves be really good good at that. There's two ways. This is especially for service-based businesses. My sales coach, Sarah Mae Dickinson, has been helping me with this, and I still have a long way to go, but I am getting better. And that is about having a process for following up with somebody. And what is very helpful for service-based businesses is having a CRM, that's a Customer Relationship Management Tool. So a CRM tool. Examples of that would be HubSpot, Dubsado, HoneyBook. And when someone enters your schedule, so let's say they've clicked on a link and they want to schedule with you, then they come into that system and therefore you have a record of that person or that business and that makes the follow-up so much better. Of course, you've got to have the back end happening. You've got to have a process and be on top of that, but at least you have a record that someone has come in to your business. They've raised their hand some way and said they want to know more about what it is that you do. So that's one suggestion for making sure that you follow up. A second suggestion is making sure that you have templated responses for questions that you get often. So I'm thinking about a lot of my product-based clients, but I also have a service-based clients that this is very helpful for as well. If you get common questions in your email inbox or in your social media inboxes, your your DMs or PMs, write a response that you can copy and paste into that. Because what happens is when our inboxes get flooded with questions, we get overwhelmed and we don't follow up. But if we know that we get certain questions all of the time, then we need to pause for a couple of hours and write some basic responses to those questions. For example, if if you someone lands in your inbox and they say, oh my goodness, I saw your last post. I love what you did at so-and-so's party. I cannot wait to have you at my party. Okay, what a nice compliment. And we can assume that their next question was, how can I hire you? So what you would have then is a templated response that says something like, hello, fill in their name. Thank you for that compliment or thank you for reaching out. Here is a link to a questionnaire that you will need to fill out and it tells you the next steps. With that response, you copy and paste it every time someone asks you, hey, how do I hire you? Or they comment on how much they love your post last week and that they wanted a to happen at their party, or if they ask about how do you size this, you know, this t-shirt or whatever, you have a response that's ready to go. It's copy and pasted and put straight into that email or into that DM. 
that helps you follow up. Therefore, you're not literally writing those 30 people every day. Most of those responses can be handled with a templated response, one that you copy and paste over and over again. And of course, you you may have five or six frequently asked questions. So therefore, you have five or six frequently copied responses. I just made that up right here. Frequently copied responses. Also, before I go on further, notice that in my response when I said, hey, fill in the blank, thank you so much for your kind comments. Here is a link to a questionnaire and the next steps that we will take in order to work together. Notice I said, here's a link. That means when you get common questions, make sure that you have a link you can send customers to on your website. Maybe it's a process. Maybe it's a blog post about sizing of the t-shirts on your website. Maybe it they, they're always wondering what to do next. Well, have a page on your website where you can literally put that link in your response and it's going to save you a ton of words and brain power. And that's really what it's all about for us business owners is saving the brain power without forgetting that the fortune is in the follow-up. Okay, this episode is over. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and Natasha Hemingway. She was wonderful and I appreciate her sharing her expertise and I appreciate you sharing your time with me. Have a wonderful week. Until next episode, bye.